let me first say that we have no concerns whatsoever about the future and the health of our industry. We're growing, we're thriving, we're offering more interesting workouts, experiences than ever before. Not worried about these numbers at all. This is All Things Fitness and Wellness, hosted by Chrissy Van. Together, we're uniting industry thought leaders and fitfluencers on the mission to inspire innovation and encourage people to live a life fit and well. On today's episode, we welcome back CEO and President of URSA, Liz Clark. The URSA Convention and Trade Show is the largest gathering of health and fitness professionals, and at time of recording, it's just around the corner. On the show, Liz will discuss the current challenges and opportunities within the fitness industry based on feedback she's been hearing from their members. She'll share her response to a February Bloomberg article that alluded to gyms facing a tough year ahead. And we'll talk about what to expect from URSA 2024, with a few hints on the big announcement they'll be revealing in regards to the evolution of their association. Before we get to it, be sure to hit like and subscribe. We have new podcast episodes weekly featuring industry thought leaders and influencers. I'm your host, Chrissy Van, and this is ATFW. Liz Clark, I know that we're going to be able to unite in person very soon because URSA 2024 in LA is right around the corner at the time of recording. Yes, clapping of the hands. We can feel the excitement in the air. It's been so refreshing and exciting to see on LinkedIn. Everyone's starting to get that buzz that it's time to reconnect. So before we get into it, can you tell me a little bit about URSA itself, what you've kind of accomplished over the last year? Yeah. Well, it's great to see you, Chrissy. I can't wait um, for the show. It's been a wild year and a really successful year for us. And so I step back and I think about it and I think about um, for what we pulled off for URSA 2023 was amazing. Uh, some of the things that we did there, we had VIP hours on the on the trade show floor. We really leaned into the boutique community, some really cool different stuff, which was just an amazing Herculean accomplishment last year. Then you jump over and you look at um, some of our, our wins and work in the advocacy and the policy space. So we pulled off a fly-in, bringing people to Washington, D.C. that we hadn't done in almost two decades. As a result of that, we were able to introduce some really important legislation, the FIT legislation, to use your HSA and FSA dollars toward gym memberships and youth sports. And we're already up to 70 co-sponsors on that. We've had some great wins at the state level when it comes to policy. We've we've had a click to cancel win in New Jersey. We had a liability win in Maryland, and we're currently uh, in in the throes of click to cancel right now federally and, and working with the White House. And uh, we grew our pack to over two hundred thousand dollars. That's just stuff in the policy space. And then you jump over to the other the other side of the pond. We had our European Congress event that we haven't had since 2019, which was fantastic just to get, you know, that community together and the speakers and the presentations there were fantastic. On the research side, we released the global report, um, which we had input from more than 15 countries around the world on it. Very, very well received. And then I was really pleased to see, we weren't expecting this one, um, APCO International released a, a study that they've been watching us and we didn't know what that meant, but it meant that, uh, you know, they're seeing how we stack up against other trade associations and we ranked, um, we ranked very high on being a unified voice of the industry, coalition building, um, public relations, and, and that's a really uh, special one to me too. 
Well, and definitely something to be proud of considering, and we talked about this before, it was a really different landscape going into last year. It was kind of that reuniting and reamplifying of everybody and about that unification that I think has really transformed after everyone went through such intense obstacles at the same time. Now it's really forging the path forward. And I know that you spoke there about the European Congress. So explain to me, because obviously when we speak to advocacy, a lot of the efforts that we have covered through URSA have been very focused on the United States, but this is a global organization. So how do you work with other partners and what type of outreach to make sure that everyone's involved and at the table? Yeah. So Chrissy, first of all, I think it does start with our European Congress event where we can get people together and really talk about these important issues. We spent a lot of time in Europe talking about the VAT um, and what that means to gym memberships and and things like that. So uh, being able to just get the thoughts and minds together is is the first most important thing. And then uh, beyond that, uh, leveraging our federation communities. So we have almost 20 international federations around the world um, that are tremendous sources of information and sharing, and they'll all be coming together um, in, in LA as well. Um, but then there's other higher level things too. So I spent time this year at the OECD um, talking to the, you know, the business of international bodies like ourselves. I was with the WHO toward the very end of the year and, and working with them to, to really help educate, honestly, the WHO on the importance of exercise and the importance of exercising in a structured place. And so that was a big win that 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 event eventually um, has transformed now to recognize that, but it didn't start that way. It started with a recognition of sport. And so we were there to say sport is important, sport matters, uh, but we're another really critical piece of the conversation here. So, so spending a lot of time on the international front with all these different international bodies and partners and more to come next year. You know, it's an interesting parallel just in hearing that. I just interviewed a gentleman. He It's obviously heart month, so it was all about cardiovascular and exercise. And he was talking about the reason why a lot of us fall out of love with exercise. And it's because our phys ed programs as children are so sports-based. And if you're not an individual that identifies with that, often that means our relationship, we it's the first class you drop in high school kind of thing. And then it's very hard as an adult to reintegrate. So it's just interesting. I was drawing a parallel in my brain when you said that, thinking that same way of thinking obviously was happening with the WHO, more the sport mindset. And you're like, uh-uh, we got to find movement in other capacities. And so even letting the higher organizations really wake up to that message. So kudos to bringing the voice and elevating that of the industry because the spaces that the fitness industry offers do make the difference. Right, right. And I'll just tell you, you know, one stat that we know is that if a child is not involved with sport beyond the age of 13, they're 50% more likely to become obese later on in life. So sport is a really important part of the conversation. But um, this was what we were saying is we're an important part of the solution. And how do we transition, uh, you know, that universe? So actually spent a lot of time with the WHA talking about um, FIFA and what they've done for kids in soccer and um, you know, just a tremendous opportunity we have to to continue that conversation. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. It kind of leads into the next part. And we're going to get into the goodies, I promise, of what to expect at URSA this year. But ahead of our conversation on February 11th, Bloomberg released an article that got a lot of buzz from a lot of industry leaders, essentially saying that January starts were quite flat for many health club operators and gyms comparatively to last year. And they were essentially stating that that could be a 
precursor to what can be expected through this year. So I know that you deal with so many people within the industry. So what is your take and what are you hearing from your members who are on the ground? Yeah, Chrissy, let me first say that we have no concerns whatsoever about the future and the health of our industry. So looking a little bit historically at the numbers and, you know, numbers, you can read them any way that you want. We know that we've also seen growth in some companies. So like a company like Equinox is up 12% in January. So it's not necessarily true that the, that the entire industry has fallen flat. And, you know, and we're working on capturing the data and the information from the boutique studio world, which isn't necessarily as readily available, but we're getting good reports there as well. So I think you got to look at, you know, where our rates were in January, 2020, um, which, you know, was actually higher than where they had been trending from 17, from 18, from 19. Um, of course, then the, you know, the pandemic hits and it's been, you know, years of recovery. So obviously where January 2024 is um, compared to January 2020, huge, huge increases. So um, if we look at what happened in 22, we were up 40 percent and in 2023 up 46%. So those are very, very um, challenging numbers to compete with, um, you know, on a scale. We were coming back and we might have, um, you know, looked at there was some pent up demand, but we came back stronger uh, than, than I think many expected to be. And then there's always, you know, interesting other data points that we see. The weather was not fantastic in, in the U.S. for the month of January. People don't like leaving their house when the weather's nasty. Um, we saw that that when part of that increased uh, demand came out of 22 and 23, people were joining multiple gyms. In maybe instances, now people have scaled back and they're not members of, of, of that. So that skews the numbers as well. Uh, we're not concerned whatsoever. We're growing, we're thriving, we're offering more interesting uh, workouts, experiences than ever before. Not worried about these numbers at all. And a lot of innovation on the horizon as well. On that note, what are kind of the biggest challenges and opportunities that you're seeing heading in through 2024? Yes. Yeah, so one of them uh, remains, and it's not inconsistent with the business community in general, is just retaining and recruiting good employees. So um, it's something that that our industry struggles with. Um, you know, the future of personal training, I think, is something that a lot of companies are asking themselves. So that's really on the front lines, uh, some, some challenges that I see right now. On the policy side, some things on the horizon are these challenges on, on click to cancel campaigns and, and pressures from legislators to make it easier to get out of memberships. And, and we need to look at that in a way that is a partnership. That's not something that we can just fight, fight, fight and not have a solution. So we're working through, you know, real ways to address that so that, you know, we can be good actors in this space. And so, so that's something. And then as well as, you know, just all these threats from a policy perspective that come at us, you know, we're watching right now in the U.S. on 50 states, we've got over a thousand bills that we're looking at. Um, and that ranges anything from, I was saying, a quick cancel to a uh, removing liability protections to making sure your facility um, accepts cash. So, um, you know, issues all over the place that, that we're, we're watching and we're engaging in. Um, but any one of those could be very detrimental to our industry and business. Yeah, fair enough. How about on the opportunity side? Yeah, so listen, I think, believe it or not, I think that there is a tremendous opportunity as we look at what's going on with weight loss drugs and the future of that. I know, you know, we've always said, well, we're not going to battle big pharma and we're not. 
So how do we lean and how do we partner with it? And so I think the reality is, is that we know that 7% of Americans are already on some sort of weight loss drug, but that over 50% of Americans are, are looking into it, um, 30% in the UK and 30% in China. So there is definitely a demand for this. And there's an opportunity for us to, to think about what that looks like and what that could mean to be bringing people into the gym to offer these things. Or even more importantly, the way I look at it is for the severely obese, the people that really are not comfortable getting into the gym. Um, they, they need these drugs to start somewhere. And then what we're seeing, and we don't have the data necessarily, but I'm, I'm seeing it in, in my own gym, I'm seeing it through conversations, is, is the severely obese start to lose the weight and then they get motivated and then they can find themselves more comfortable in the gym. So I think that there's a path forward. I think it's really exciting. We're gonna have a tremendous session on this um, in LA to talk about on the future of peptides and what, what might be possible there. Yeah, honestly, that's a, a niche that I keep going down the rabbit hole. It's so fascinating to see it unfold in re real time. And I actually just had somebody on from Obesity Canada who was speaking to exactly that. And from a Canadian perspective, we've had a lot of issues and classifications in regards to obesity not being looked at as a chronic disease. Subsequently, that causes issues in our insurance profiles. So it's still a lifestyle drug. And I believe in the States, you have similar issues to overcome with a lot of providers. And he was saying what a tremendous opportunity because our healthcare system is not really set up to take people along the journey. And he was a former individual that did bariatric surgery as well. So he's an advocate, but has also walked in the shoes. And he's like, you need to have programs that are set up. So when I positioned to him and explained what was happening at Lifetime, for example, with their announcement, Equinox creating a program as well, he was like, absolutely, there are opportunities for there's these programs. And he was excited about it because he was like, without it, people are going to get a little bit lost in the fold. You can't just take something. You need the habit building. We know that one of the main side effects is muscle loss. And where better to strengthen that than within our walls of gyms and health clubs? I'll just tell you, because I've met, um, you know, throughout the journey of my year in different conferences, some, some nurse practitioners who are on the front lines delivering these um, these peptides. And it's been really interesting because we're hearing feedback from folks that they've never felt um, more attention to detail on their overall health plan. Um, it's really, if, if some of these folks do this the right way, in, in many instances, it could be the most personalized medicine delivery um, for folks where people really get a holistic look um, at their bodies and their levels of everything, you know, and um, so I, I, I think it could be very informative. Yeah, well, huge opportunity too, because we know, I mean, we've talked about it a million times, the massive level of the population that we aren't getting in the doors. And I think this will be the shift because it's a mindset shift and it's also opportunity for those that needed an intervention to get things started. So on that note, you mentioned one of the exciting talks that's going to be at URSA. It is 2024. We know that obviously you get many repeat visitors year over year. So what is new and exciting for URSA 2024 in LA? Okay, well, I think one new and exciting thing will be an announcement that I am making on day one um, at 2.15 from the main stage uh, with with leader with our overall leadership. And, and that's going to be very exciting. So you don't want to miss that. Um, listen, we've got some oldies and goodies. We've got our financial panel coming back that is always very well attended and, and very well celebrated. We've got a great session on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, some other things reporting out from our, our report on consumer trends 
and um, and then we'll be le- we'll be releasing our 2024 um, U.S. Consumer Report. So you know, more to come there. I, I mentioned the peptide one. There's ones on, you know, real estate development, on longevity, the future of wellness. Uh, I think we, we've got it all covered. And one thing that I'm excited about is the amount of new attendees. The last number I saw is 65% of our registrations are, are new attendees. So Amazing. I'm really excited for uh, some of the people that are just stuck, sticking their toe in the water to, to get a taste of this. Yeah. How about the trade show floor? How full? Tell the 65% what they're in for. Yeah. Well, you've seen it, Chrissy. I mean, it is it is rocking and rolling down there. It's bigger than last year. Um, booths have come back. The big guys have come back bigger and better. Um, we've got more diverse of the 10 by 10s than ever before. A lot of international presence. And so, you know, it's going to be it's going to be fantastic. It's, you know, we're going to see exercise classes. We're going to see weight demonstrations. We're going to, um, you know, see recovery stations. Those are honestly probably my favorite. You know, if you can make your way into one of those massage chairs or a cryo chamber, um, we're going to, we're going to have it all. Yeah. I remember hitting the floor last year and there was one gentleman just lounging out. And he was like, after two days on this floor, I ain't moving. I was like, fair enough. You picked a solid spot there, sir. (laughs) Yeah, I got to remember because I did I did it finally last year. I wore pants on the last day that I made the mistake my, my first year to wear a dress the whole time and that you can't really get in those things in, no. a, in, a, in a way that, uh, yeah. No shame in the sneaker game as well. (laughs) So as we look at the events, obviously you spoke to the fact that that there are a wealth of speaker sessions as well, the trade show floor, but you have keynotes. And the thing that I noted about the keynotes is you've drawn from different expertise and industries as well as the fitness industry. So explain who you'll be welcoming and why those choices were made. Yes. So they are three totally different diverse speakers that are, that are covering three totally different uh, things. So on day one, we've got Mariana Atenko. And Mariana um, is going to really be talking about her presentation is called Perfectly You, Embracing the Power of Being Real, which I think is going to be a message that resonates to our audience. Uh, you know, we've got the most real people in the world, in my opinion, in that room and, and problem solvers and creative and, you know, embracing the fun. And so uh, I think that she'll be a great kickoff. The, the second day, we have Mark Mastrov, who is just a legend um, in the industry, and he'll be talking about the evolution of, of the fitness industry. He's been, um, you know, he's created hundreds of thousands of businesses and been wildly successful. And I'm actually going to moderate that Q&A with, with him. Really looking forward to that. And then at the end, we've got uh, Will Gadara, who is the author of Unreasonable Hospitality. I think many people are familiar with with that book and that that concept. And it's really about hospitality and customer service and how that can be, a, you know, a deal breaker in, in the front lines. And so I'm thrilled for all of them and, um, and really excited about the diversity of what they're all going to be speaking on. Yeah, especially drawing from that hospitality expertise, because at the end of the day, everyone's looking for more of that experiential, that community, that sense of belonging. So I imagine some strong takeaways. I know that you alluded there and you're not going to give us the announcement now because how exciting and thrilling would that be? (laughs) But I do kind of want to close off as you're looking forward through 2024, kind of the direction Ursa is heading, how you're adapting, because you talked, I mean, this is an ever evolving industry. So what is going to be the main focus and priority moving forward and why should people be paying attention? Yeah. So listen, as amazing as our event will be, 
Um, you know, one of the things that we're doing organizationally and strategically with the board is really working on being an organization that doesn't necessarily just focus on a meeting and an event, but can be a little more focused on advocacy and communication all at the same time, right? Be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. So we have three strategic pillars and it's around education, which is our trade show, advocacy that I've spoke about, and then research, that there's always a demand for research. So we're going to double down on those three priorities and, and spend all of our time and effort there. But one of the things that is going to be important is, you know, having an organization that's branded appropriately that reflects that. So as we're trying to have these conversations and get into the doors with policymakers and decision makers and influencers, um, you know, what is the organization that we represent and what is our industry that we, you know, are at the helm of? And that's what I'm excited about. And it's been a journey um, to, to get to this point. And um, it was something that I saw even when I was interviewing for this job, I said, I think that, you know, it might be time to, to think about the braining of this organization. So it's been a fun ride. I'm excited about it and I'm excited what's to come. Well, you've dropped the breadcrumbs, so we will follow eagerly and see them unfold. Liz Clark, I really appreciate you carving out some time as I know it's a very busy final few days, really, of preparation at this point. So the countdown is on. So look forward to seeing you and connecting in L.A. You too, Chrissy. Thanks for having me. Can't wait to see everybody. You've just listened to the All Things Fitness and Wellness podcast, hosted by Chrissy Van. Be sure to hit like and subscribe. We have new podcast episodes weekly featuring industry insiders and influencers. Together, we're on a mission for everyone to live a life fit and well.